Her Sports AAL Rugby Show, brought to you by Energia. Think of the possibilities. Hello and welcome to the Her Sport AIL Rugby Show, brought to you in association with Energia. Think of the possibilities. You can catch up on this episode and every episode in the series on YouTube and our social channels, or listen to the podcast on every podcast app. Get involved in the conversation with us on Instagram and Twitter using the hashtag, hashtag HerSportAIL. Last season, which ended in just February of this year, saw Railway Union retain their title with a win over Blackrock in what was a very tight game. I'm joined in studio by former Irish international player and my co-host, Hannah Tyrrell. Hannah, is there any aspects of last year's season that you'd like to see be brought into this year? Yeah, look, it's great to have um, rugby back on the map and we'd be able to see all these new players coming through and hopefully that means a huge development for women's rugby in Ireland. Um, this season, the format's a little bit different compared to uh, what we had last year. It's a little bit more straightforward and that'll be all wrapped up by Christmas. Um, but, you know, uh, we had Railway win it last year and, you know, closely contested by Blackrock in the final. So I'm really looking forward to what, what the league throws up this year. Will we have any new contenders? You know, will a couple of the other clubs really step up and start to be um, big contenders in this? And I'm just excited to see the talent that's out there and Hopefully this will really help push on and develop the national team and we can find a few stars. And you mentioned there that this year it will be a different format due to, I suppose, a number of reasons that we'll touch more on later. But what will that mean for teams having that less game time? Yeah, so there's a couple of less rounds that we have this year and the season's a little bit shorter, as I said, before Christmas it finishes up. So for players, I'm guessing they just want to maximise every opportunity they have on the pitch, you know. A lot of these guys will be looking to try to get into interprovincial teams and also get into the Irish squad for the upcoming uh, Six Nations. So they'll have to realise that um, they'll only have a limited amount of time to put their hand up for those green jerseys. And it does mean more competition, um, you know, but I suppose every time you go out and you put on your club jersey, you're, you have an opportunity there to to make a showcase for you being included in, in interprovincial or international squads. And it should be really, really exciting. We should get, you know, to see the best players from each club and the best players in Ireland playing. And hopefully we end up seeing a lot of very competitive games. And we caught up with Hannah O'Connor from Blackrock to get her thoughts on the league. Yeah, last year was a really good season for us at club. Um, we had a good run up into Christmas and, you know, achieved our goal of making the top four because that was kind of the, the big... The big goal for us because you make top four then you go into the top four playoffs then for after Christmas. After Christmas then we hit the ground running, went in a really good run of form, we're unbeaten, got ourselves to the semi-finals, final stages and just got beaten then in the final here in Energy Park by Railway Union on the night, which was a really, really good game of rugby, just unfortunately we were on the wrong end of it, but yeah, that was probably the the, the highlight and the, the, the low light of the season, I suppose, in all, all encapsulated in one, but yeah, it was a really, really good season for us as a club. Um, had a lot of new players come in and, and built on our culture and the, the squad as a whole really grew kind of together in closeness and in the kind of style of rugby we were trying to play so yeah all in all it was a good season despite the, the end result. Yeah for us in Blackrock I suppose like it's a kind of a fast free-flowing game is what we want to play and um, kind of we have serious speed in the backs and we also have forwards who can play ball so I was trying to marry the two together for the best outcome of kind of that that ball playing rugby that gives us kind of is enjoyable to play but enjoyable to watch as well is kind of what we're hoping to build on from last season again for this coming season. 
I think for pre-season, um, obviously some of us are involved in the national setup, so we were kind of involved in almost the pre-season within that. But for the for the club, it's been it's been full on in terms of kind of strength and conditioning being the real focus, I suppose, as well as skill work. Uh, the girls have been in two, three times a week for for gym and skills, um, as well as training sessions, and just kind of that emphasis on building our strength and building our power in the gym, as well as building on our speed and kind of fitness um, because of what's going to come in terms of a short and condensed season of needing to hit the ground running in that sense. So that's kind of been the big focus on that kind of fitness fitness levels to be able to maintain that going for this large block of games. You know, club is what gets you the opportunities to play interprovincial rugby and international rugby. So like without your club, you're nothing. Your club is your family. Your club is where you go back to kind of hone your skills and perfect things. And then if you're lucky enough, you get the chance to put on your provincial jersey or the green jersey. You know, it's because of the club and it's because of the roots that you've laid there and the people who've supported you there. So it's it's been difficult to kind of balance it in some ways, but the club are so supportive that it's, you know, it hasn't been a stress at all. It's been an absolute joy. It's been great to be able to do both. So yeah, looking forward to getting back into club now. Yeah, we Wicklow down in Wicklow, um, which will be a tough game. Obviously, they've been building. They had a tough kind of introductory season last year to the AIL, but they've picked up plenty of learnings from it. And I know they've had a few pre-season games under their belt so far already even, and they've been like us, hit the ground running in terms of training pre-season and running and conditioning and fitness and everything like that that comes with it. So, yeah, we'll be expecting a tough task. I suppose it's the first, the first week of the new season. It's always a little bit of the unknown, no matter who you get who comes out doing what and, you know, who's got new players and who's got who. And, yeah, it's, it's a real kind of finding out mission in the first weekend and you're hoping that you hit the ground running and make the good start to kick on for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's funny because I suppose you play with each other at uh, interprovincial level and sometimes at international level as well. But then when you come to club, it's a different animal altogether. Yeah, well, there's plenty of rivalry there and it's nearly the unspoken thing when you come together then at interprovincial international, you just don't mention the war because you'll never agree on things. But it's it's fun. It's a healthy rivalry. I think it's what makes it exciting. Like the venom that we have there when we go to play each other. That like everybody wants to win for the crest on their on their on their jersey and for their club. So yeah, there's no hold bars when it comes to playing each other for the club rivalry. Whether it's a Dublin rivalry or whether it's between ourselves and Limerick or any of the clubs that are there. Yeah, everybody wants to win and they'll do whatever they need to do to do that. I suppose for us, it's building for us on what we did last year. Like it's you know that had been a long time coming and we had gotten you know further along in our journey in terms of we had a great mix of youth and experience in our squad and the same this year we've added some really really good. Uh, players to the squad with great experience and um, so we've been lucky in that sense that they've joined us um, but yeah for us it's 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 winning yeah it's we, that's what we want to do we want to be there come 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 December when it's those semi-finals and finals if you're not then all of a sudden there's no rugby for you in December so that's where we want to be you want to be in the mix coming up to Christmas and kind of be able to adapt to the new layout of the season and be able to manage it as best we can um, and use the strength and depth we have in our squad to, to get the best outcome and hopefully that will mean winning come December and a nice Christmas celebration to come with it. Yeah I suppose like it's there's pros and cons to whatever layout you look at it Um, you know I think Everyone craves rugby to play it. You just want to be getting match fitness, match sharpness, everything that comes with that. So it'll be it'll be new for everyone, I think, um, and how we manage that. Like you, you know, you're going to take it a game at a time. Um, you know, you got home and away. Everyone plays each other once, so that brings a new. You know, you haven't got the, maybe the return fixture to get revenge if things don't go right. You literally have to get it right on that day. So yeah, Wicklow are up first for us, and they'll be our, our sole focus, and we won't be looking beyond that. And I suppose then taking it each game as it comes, as the cliche goes, but you can't look too far ahead of that because it's so short and condensed. If you get too carried away with looking into the future, looking come December, then you're out of it before it even begins. So yeah, we'll focus one game at a time, and hopefully the things will go our way, and we'll, we'll plot our way through it successfully. For me, I started off with TAG. I had moved up to Dublin uh, after college to work up here as a teacher and then I'd play in tag with some of my friends who I knew played over in CYM in Terenure down the road from here. 
and then took a while to convince myself nearly more so than them that it was you know tag plus 20 percent i was like oh okay and i always wanted to do it loved watching it on telly so then gave it a go with cym played there for a couple of years had a fantastic made fantastic friends it's a brilliant small club um growing all the time as well and then i just made the hard decision to to change to blackrock for that ail exposure and to the higher level to see where i could push myself to and yeah, so far it's been really good and I've been really lucky that, again, I have a really supportive club in Black Rock and that's kind of where it started and where it's gone to. So, yeah, so far so good anyway. Yeah, at the time it's definitely like, it's almost like someone hits fast forward, I would describe it as in terms of the difference between Leinster League and AIL. But that's the challenge you want, like I think as someone, you know, if you're competitive as everyone is in this league, you want to be playing against the best and you want to challenge yourself to be the best. So, yeah, the speed of it is something to get used to. And I think now, especially after COVID, clubs have kind of settled back into it and kind of got their rhythm again in terms of trainings and structures. So I expect this to probably be the most competitive league we've had in a while, especially with the new format adding to that as well. Yeah, it's 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 funny, like I suppose from the international window just gone, we've had, you know, nine new caps, a lot of whom who are based over here in Ireland in the AIL now and have made that transfer to different clubs around the area to play in the top league. Um, so they'll have had exposure at that level that they'll bring into their clubs and bring that experience back and, you know, you're kind of bringing your knowledge back, I suppose, in a way, and just sharing what you know or what you're learning off other people from elsewhere and kind of hoping to develop everybody as a squad. Um, going forward then, I suppose, in the Interbros, that's the beauty of club, like, is that if you get too carried away, you know, you're nowhere. Like, if you said, if you look past the first game, you're, you know, you're on to a hide and to nothing. In the same way for Interpros, like, obviously, it's an ambition that you want to, you know, be able to don the colours of your province, but at the same time, you have to do the hard graph for your club and get fully stuck in and that's what everybody looks forward to is like literally getting stuck into your home club and being able to make the best of that and put your best foot forward because if you put your best foot forward you know everyone else plays well you play well everyone looks better and you know that's when you're going to hopefully put yourself in the shop window to hopefully put your hand up for a selection for that when it comes down the line then welcome back a quick reminder that you're listening to her sports ARL rugby show brought to you in association with energia think of the possibilities Hannah O'Connor mentioned there that her team are ready to hit the ground running. Do you think that's a sentiment going to be shared by a lot of players after this year? Yeah, look, you know, the season ended in February for, for the two top teams, Blackrock and Railway, and other teams even before that because they were knocked out, you know, and that's a very, very long time to not have rugby. So I'm sure there's a lot of those club players who are itching to go and raring to go and have put in a bulk of work. You know, the internationals obviously got to play in the Six Nations and in, in the Japan Summer Tour, but it's a very long time for a lot of people not to have rugby. And so I'm sure they put in all that hard yard and a lot of teams are really pushing on with strength and conditioning nowadays and really taking that massively seriously and trying to prevent a lot of injuries and stuff, which is great to see. But at the end of the day, you know, training is grand and all, but you want to be playing matches. So um, I'd say every team was just ready to rock um, and you know, excited for it to get going and, and trying to enjoy every game as it comes. And you mentioned there the preparation that will have gone into this league. Can you tell us just a bit about, I suppose, how the pre-season works? What will players be working on and when do they start that preparation? I suppose it depends on um, the coaching ticket and what they want to get out of their players, you know. But obviously you want to make sure, first and foremost, that they're in good physical shape. So that'll often consist of running sessions, conditioning sessions, maybe uh, fitness testing with the Bronco, um, you know, which is highly regarded around the world. But then it's also trying to ease players back into uh, contact. And you don't want to do that too soon because, uh, and too much at one time because it can lead to injuries, particularly if there's been a long layoff between games. So it's about trying to get um, your strength and, and conditioning up to par where it needs to be. 
uh, for the season, but also trying to ease people in so that the loading isn't too much and, and people aren't picking up injuries before they even play a game. And then depending on what style of play coaches want to, to go with, it's trying to work on the finer details of basic plays, uh, skills, execution, you know, so just working on the little things like your passing, your kicking, your uh, movement, your scrums, your lineouts, and then just trying to put that all together so you'd work separately as units and then come together as a team and maybe trying to get a few hit outs. As uh, Hannah mentioned, uh, Wicklow got a couple of preseason games in. You know, we saw Railway also got that preseason game over in France, which was historic for them. So, you know, it's trying to just get as much rugby in as possible, um, both from a training point of view and some preseason games, to prime yourself to be ready to go because you don't want to be caught cold on the first game of the season and, and then be left behind by other teams. And Hannah made an interesting point there that for when they come up against these teams, they don't get another chance now due to the change in format. What do you make of that? Yeah, like it's really interesting because obviously in, in previous seasons, you'd have a home and away fixture for every team. And now that the, the season has been cut short, you're only going to meet each team once. So that's your opportunity to gain some points and get a foothold over them. And if you don't get the win, you're kind of already playing catch up. And because there's less games this season, you know, you have less of a chance to try and move up the tables. And so, you know, based on results that happened last week, other teams are then have an awful lot of pressure on them to try and, you know, beat another team that maybe they ordinarily wouldn't in order to, to get into those top four to make the semifinals at the end of the season. So every game is massively important. I think, you know, bonus points are going to be massively important every game. And, and uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of tries scored because, of, because teams are going to have to go for it. They've no other option. And of course, a reason this change in format also came about is just before last weekend's fixtures, the announcement was made that Malone or FC were withdrawing from this season's AIL. This, of course, reduces the number of teams in the league from 10 to 9. A few days earlier, we spoke with Ashley Curry from Malone or FC about last season and the work that the club has put in ahead of this new season. Um, it was definitely a challenge. It was a bit of a... Um... Uh, we had a lot of injuries, so it was kind of like um, trying to get girls to training, um, trying to manage those injuries and trying to get the away games, you know, full and fit of uh, a, a team and a bench. Um, but yes, we, we learnt a lot. Um, finished uh, last, but, um, you know, we learnt loads. Um, we've developed loads as a team. Um, and we're just ready to go again. I think COVID has hit us a little bit. I think um, we are, yeah, still our numbers are low, um, but um, it's just a case of trying to, you know, recruit, trying to um, sort of get girls into it from the local area. Um, and, and yeah, just um, there's two AIL teams in sort of Belfast, so it's between, between the both of us trying to get um, sort of girls within that area to, to field up and, and go to the All-Ireland League and, and get to training. But, um, but yeah, no, the girls we have, we do have, they're a solid squad. They have um, uh, been training and playing together for, for years um, in and around the Belfast area and now at Malone. So um, yeah, we're a good tight-knit team, just, uh, just trying to fill a few more spots. <laughs> um, going into this season, we've got four new coaches. Um, so we got a brand new setup for the women's um, section in Malone. Um, we've got a new brand new committee. So this season we feel like we do have the basics and the sort of um, structure and development to go ahead and you know be successful. Um, so we have that backbone and the support um, 
a few men have um, come in and helped us out with the sort of committee structure and you know fundraising and things like that and um, then our four new coaches we have Dave who is the head coach um, and he also plays um, rugby at Malone so he's, he's a Malone Malone man so that really is helpful it's nice to have someone who's really got our back in the club um, and then we have Osti who is kind of helping him assisting him when he can't be available for matches he'll be the sort of head coach role that way um, and then Shane is kind of helping with our fitness and um, our attacking and then we also have um, Andy who's given us some S&C sort of help and guidance that way so in general from last year to this year it's just that whole structure has developed which is brilliant for us um, so yes we have that and our work-ons are just basically um, drill and attack trying to get those straight lines going and, and sort of um, direct channels things like that and then defence um, just getting those dominant tackles and a bit more aggression I think is what we need in the All-Ireland League. <laughs> so it's nearly hard to hear Ashley Curry there obviously from Malone RFC talking about her hopes for the season and all the work they've done because of course Malone informed the IRFU last week of what we were told was their reluctant withdrawal from the league. It obviously was a surprise. What do you make of it? Yeah, look, it's really disappointing. And I really feel for Ashley and that group of girls who were willing to play for Malone this year and were really looking forward to a new season. As we saw in the footage there, um, it seems they put in a lot of work. They got a new uh, head coach uh, in Dave Cave and Austin Blackburn as well there, you know, who are uh, long-standing members of Malone and the men's side. And... You know, they seemed like they were really ready to kick on from what was a tough year for them last year, finishing 10th and ultimately last in the AIL. And it just seems that they've really struggled with numbers, um, you know, and it's very unfortunate. It's kind of a step backwards, I suppose, for the development of women's rugby in Ireland, but particularly for the development of women's rugby in Ulster. And I can only hope that, you know, this is kind of a, a once off for them. And, and next year we can see them gather, you know, enough players and enough numbers and, the finance and everything needed to, to put another team back in the AIL. Um, but, you know, it's a pity, like, it's sad to see them go and, and you know, hopefully we can, and the RFU can do something to try and help them get that back on track. And before we get into, I suppose, how that affects the other teams, because it does in a great way, I'm just going to read out some of the reactions to the news on Twitter. Obviously, it was very last minute. They were due to play Railway at the weekend. Um, one person said, Irish women's rugby is built on such shaky foundations. Malone have pulled out of the energy at AIL two days before they were due to kick off. Hugely frustrating. Another person said, needs more funding at underage to support players coming through. Another, just two years ago, the IRFU invited Wicklow and Ballincollig to become part of the AIL and they have seen little support or investment since. Only after losses of over 100 points have we seen a response. We need the union to be proactive. And lastly, and I think something that a lot of people will be thinking is such a shame Malone has had to pull out of the energy at AIL. Really feel for players and coaching staff, but also those in the background and the families of those giving up the time to try and make this season happen. What do you think of those reactions there? Yeah, look, I think the last one is the one that hits home the hardest. You know, as I said, a lot of those players really looking forward to the new season. They now are stuck with whether they just don't play AIL rugby at all or do they move to their closest competitor, uh, which would be Cook also playing in the AIL. But, you know... 
Cook already have a squad there that are raring to go. Will they be able to fit in on time? Can they get registered? You know, will there be positions and game time available to them? So that's kind of something of a conundrum in itself. And then as, as mentioned in that tweet, um, you know, all the volunteers who put in all that hard work and the coaches and everything else, and unfortunately don't get to see any of the fruits of their labor there. And I just hope this doesn't mean that there are women who are going to walk away from the game who are going to play um, for Malone this season. You know, I really hope they can find another club to play for, but it's such a pity and it is really frustrating. And I hope the RFU do something about this. And, you know, it may be something to do with the grassroots funding and getting more uh, girls playing underage. I know Malone do have a little setup there and they have some underage structures. Um, but, you know, as we saw with Ballancolig and with Wicklow, you know, this has to happen over a number of years. And it's not going to happen quickly, but hopefully something can be done about it and Malone can get back into the AAL sooner rather than later. And how does their loss now affect the teams for this season in terms of the format? Yeah, so obviously, like, losing Malone in itself is a massive loss, but it has a, a knock-on effect on, on the structure and the scheduling of um, the whole energy AIL season. So... This year we were due to have um, nine rounds for each team played um, you know, playing in three weeks blocks where we say we play three weeks in a row, everyone has a week off, another three weeks, everyone has a week off and another three weeks and then culminating in a semi-final for the top four and then obviously a final to see who wins the Energy AIL League. Now with Malone pulling out it means that there will also be an extra bye week for a lot of teams so Railway this past weekend were due to play Malone and obviously pulled out at the last minute. Really disappointing for Railway who had kind of geared up and probably would have put a lot of prep and focus into this Malone game. And they now have to wait another week before they kick off their season. And it means just throughout the, throughout the um, autumn and winter that we have and throughout the season that games will just have a, a bye week that they weren't originally intending to have. Um, it's just really unfortunate to see, obviously, Everybody wants to play more games and not less, but hopefully this is just a one-off thing to get in line with um, world rugby and, and the structures they have in place for international rugby next year, and we can get back on track then. And obviously you mentioned there, everyone wants to play rugby. At the end of the day, the game time is much more valuable in some ways than the training. And after the AIL season, we have obviously Interpros. So how do you think the AIL is going to feed into Interpros this year, especially because there is less game time available? Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to be really competitive this year. You know, players know they only have a limited uh, amount of game time to showcase their talents to get into those interprovincial squads to get into those international squads for next year's Six Nations and I do think it's great to see the Interpros back they'll be played in January February of this year again a little different structure wise they're all going to play each other once um, and go from there but it is great to see them back you know having represented Leinster myself it was a massive achievement for me and something I always had wanted to do once I picked up rugby mm -hmm. And I know a lot of those girls who maybe wouldn't um, be able to quite get into international teams at, this, at the minute, you know, they use that as a stepping stone for their development to get into interprovincial. So this Energy AAL League is massive in terms for player development, um, but also just to play rugby and enjoy it because that's why we're here. You know, we do it for the love of the game and we do it because it's a brilliant game to play and you know, hopefully people do go out and enjoy this season and, and can make the most of it. And the IRFU came out with a statement regarding Malone 
and they said there are almost 100 females registered in the club and we saw a number of players come through to feature for Ulster. They have our full support as they continue to develop their rugby programme. What do you make of that statement? Yeah, well, look, obviously, I'm glad they did come out and, um, you know, make a point on that. And hopefully they're doing a little bit more behind the scenes that we won't see right away, because I do believe that Malone needs our full support. And as I mentioned, it is great to see that they do have, you know, early 100 women um, registered to their club. But it's now about can we make the structures good enough so that they can get enough players to play each season? You know, for an AIL squad, you probably need at least 30 players willing to play each season, if not even more, because of the nature of injuries and, and everything else that goes on in, in the game. And, you know, I hope the RFU can just help them maybe um, get more people coming to the ranks, maybe starting at an earlier age, and then trying to introduce rugby to other people, maybe playing other sports in that region. But it is quite difficult, and it's something that a lot of clubs, particularly outside of Dublin, struggle with, trying to get numbers in that. Uh, a lot of people are moving away from uh, their local areas to try and find employment and education opportunities. But, you know, hopefully the RFU are really getting behind Malone and that this isn't just words, there's actually some action behind it. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned there, obviously, that there's could be 30 players plus. And obviously that's 30 players plus that need to have the commitment. Many might even maybe live down here, travel back home to play. Do you think we'll see them start to move or will players maybe drop out and stop playing rugby? Yeah, well, hopefully it's not the latter. You know, hopefully a lot of those players who were due to play for Malone this year will find other opportunities, whether it's, you know, at, in the women's AIL with uh, Cook or even some other clubs maybe around Ireland if they do end up moving. Um, and if not, you know, maybe some other local clubs who mightn't be playing in the AAL but at least playing at some point because it would be really devastating to see those players walking away from rugby completely you know because we're trying to get more people to join we don't want people walking away we want to showcase this game show how good and fun and enjoyable it can be so you know we need to give them every opportunity to be able to actually play. And then another point with Malone is someone who I think crops up a lot when you're involved uh, she was a standout player for you in the Six Nations last year, Neve Jones, she's obviously gone to now play for a club in the UK. What do you make of that and how does that affect the teams? Yeah, look, obviously um, Malone have had a number of players over the years who've been stalwarts for them. You know, mm -hmm. Peter McAllister won, Ella Durkin another, um, you know, and they're going to have to find new opportunities. But Neve Jones was um, their star player, you know, the Irish international. She's been a rising star for Ireland the last couple of seasons. She's been a real find for them. And last year she uh, was given an opportunity to go over to the English Premiership um, and join Gloucester Harpery over there. And to be fair to her, I, I, um, I commend her for making that brave decision. But she has been a massive, massive loss to Malone, um, you know, and... If she had stuck around, you know, maybe they would have been able to make things work and would have attracted other players. But like you can't begrudge her that opportunity to go over to better herself. You know, she's fighting for that green jersey all the time and nothing is guaranteed. And she wants to be playing top rugby because I genuinely believe that she can be a world class player if she keeps going the way she's, she is. You know, she had a super, super tournament and campaign uh, for Ireland in the Six Nations last year and then she followed it up with some cracking performances in Japan so you know it is great to see her playing at the top level but it would be even better to see uh, her and many others who are playing abroad you know back playing in Ireland and having a league that is this amazing standard for 
for them to be able to showcase their talents and that in itself would actually develop women's rugby in Ireland and then have a knock-on effect to our interprovincials and our international squads. Mm -hmm. And obviously she is such a loss to the team, but I suppose as IRF you have mentioned, there is the guts of 100 players there ready to come through. So hopefully this time next year they will have a team and players who maybe take the place of Neve Jones. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I want to say, like it's not, you know, Neve Jones' fault that that club is collapsing because she left. Like, you know, definitely not what we're saying. It's just that it would be great to have more internationals playing in the women's AIL and, and playing at that top level here and, and helping others drive the standard and improve the standards of women's rugby. The league kicked off last week with six teams taken to the field. Railway Union had a bye week and Cook and Setonian's game was postponed due to the death of Queen Elizabeth II. So it was not a surprising start for the big names. Starting with the Belleville game, they won 14-5 to Bohemians. Any surprises there, Hannah? Um, yes and no, in that uh, last year, these two would have been very, very uh, close together and, and it would have been very tight games. And this seemed like no other, but the final result kind of shows that, you know, all Belvedere just about had the edge here. Um, but... I think UL Bowes will be very, very disappointed with that result. And as we said, with the new formula in the league, they're not going to meet Old Belvedere again until the postseason. And, you know, they're going to have to try and make up points elsewhere and hope that, you know, other teams can maybe beat Belvo in order for them to succeed in this league. But I was really impressed with Old Belvedere. They had a couple of players, uh, new additions to the squad. Um, they had the likes of... Aoife Dalton, Emma Tilly and Dana O'Brien who made their Ireland uh, debuts last week and last month in Japan. Um, you know, uh, Dervla Nicovard who didn't really play much last year, she started back at number eight for them. So it was nice to have a couple of uh, new additions for them and Dana O'Brien kicked three penalties to help secure that win along with a Leslie Ring try. And I think UL Bowes, you know, and Neve Briggs were probably expecting that game to be a little bit closer and they would have been Travelling up to Old Belvedere, really, really confident that they could get the win. And unfortunately, that didn't work out for them. But a great start for Old Belvedere and they'll be delighted heading into round two. And who do you think Bows are going to sort of set their sights on now? Because obviously every game is important in this season. I think they just have to go one game at a time. And as I said, with this shortened season, like you can't start to look ahead because you might end up slipping up. And that could really cost you a place in the top four. So... For UL Bowes, they just need to get their head down and focus on the next game and, and see if they can get a result and right a few wrongs from last weekend. Obviously, there was a big scoreline on Ballincollig from Galwegians. It's something we don't like to see. It happened a lot with Wicklow last year. Why is that at the end of the day? Yeah, look, um, it was a tough weekend uh, for Ballincollig and for Fee Hayes, their head coach. You know, they would have had a lot of ambitions their second year in the league. They had a couple of good results last year and... Mm -hmm. I'm sure they would have come into this season really expecting to have improved. And, you know, unfortunately, they just came up against a very determined Galwegian side, you know, who have a couple of players uh, like Mary Healy, Nicole Fowley, Orla Dixon, Mairead Coyne, who are, uh, you know, most of them former internationals. They've been around for a very long time, very ex experienced players. And they just got caught on the wrong side and weren't quite ready for it. And mm -hmm. nothing really went right for Balancholic, whereas Galwegians really played with flair and, really nice attack and you know 74-0 is, is a really really tough result and Balancholic will have went home and they were licking their wounds a little bit but as I said that's one result it's done and dusted they can't do anything about it they need to just focus on the next game and, and try get some points on the boards and hopefully get a result with that but 
you know, Galwegians would be delighted. I think they won this fixture 55 last year, so they've even improved on that. Um, you know, but uh, Galwegians now, they'll have their tails up for the next fixture, so uh, they're one to watch right now. And someone who I suppose was in Ballincollig's position last year, Wicklow, um, they had a few unfortunate scores. They came up against Blackrock, and the score is 17.45 to Blackrock. What did you make of that? Yeah, look, uh, I was actually quite surprised uh, to see that result. I thought it wouldn't be as close, um, you know, so... Blackrock obviously got to the final last year. They have a team littered with internationals and, and interprovincial players. And as I said, Wicklow and other teams that just joined the league last year and had a, a couple of tough fixtures and results. But they've really, really impressed me, Wicklow. You know, um, they've put a lot, a lot of work in. Um, I saw somewhere at the weekend that they actually had five sets of sisters playing. So there's a real sense of family there and a real sense of community. You know, and I commentated on a couple of their games last year and... I just love the style of play, their never-say-die attitude, regardless of the score. They kept going till the 80th minute. You know, and they have some really, really decent players there. And, you know, Neveny Drumma used to play for All Belvedere, uh, captain the side last weekend. You know, they have Ella and Beth Roberts, a couple of sisters who are doing quite well and, are, you know, are on a, a trajectory of playing up interprovincial and international. And, you know, it, it's great to see them put some points on the board. I actually think they'd be quite disappointed that they didn't score more. You know, but um, for them to get uh, a couple of tries on the board against Blackrock, who beat them quite heavily last year, you know, they'll, they'll be happy enough with that result. And I think Blackrock, you know, they had a couple of internationals on the bench, a couple of players away with sevens. And they still have, you know, a lot of players to come back in. But it's a bit of a shaky start for them, I think. They'll be happy with the win and a bonus point win at that, but... I think they'll be looking back at a couple of errors and a couple of defensive mistakes and trying to rectify that before they meet the likes of UL Bowles, Old Belvedere and Railway, who could really capitalise on that and it could cost them. And you mentioned there Beth and Ella Roberts, as well as Belvo's Aoife Dalton. Is there any other players that you're looking forward to seeing this year? You know, I really am looking forward to the likes of, of Dan O'Brien, uh, Aoife Dalton, Emma Tilly and those coming through. But uh, there's been a couple of players who've been, you know, out injured or haven't got as much game time as they would have liked over the last couple of years. And particularly for me, we saw Maeve Dealey come through um, with the Irish squad this year. She's playing with Blackrock. I think she's a really, really exciting talent and I can't wait to see what she can do. And also Anna Doyle, also with Blackrock, playing on the wing. She's been in with sevens the last couple of years, but has been inundated with injuries. So she came off the bench and scored a try for Blackrock. A huge speedster, like with her on one wing and Baven Parsons on the other, you know, they could be a huge, huge scoring threat. And I really hope that um, she's a stalwart at this stage in railway, but I just think Neve Byrne, um, the railway captain, is a super, super player. And I'd love to see her kick on and get some, some international caps this year because I think she, she really can excel there. And then looking ahead to... Round two, the first match here, we have Ballincollig and Old Belvo. Obviously, it's going to be a tough game. What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, look, uh, I think Ballincollig uh, are facing into a tough couple of fixtures over the next couple of weeks, and they're going to have to grind it out every 80-minute uh, game they play. Um, you know, my head says that Belvedere will win this easily, but I've no doubt that Fee Hayes will gather her troops and, and get them to put in a big performance and you know, rectify some of the mistakes they made last year. Um, and hopefully they can, you know, if not get the win, at least get some scores on the board. But, you know, I feel like Old Belvedere might have just a little bit too much uh, for them this weekend. And, 
you know, with the quality of players they have on show, that uh, they should be able to get that result. And as a player, I suppose coming from both sides, so first of all, coming from Ballin colleague's side, you know you're coming up against an experienced team. What would you be hoping to get out of that game if it's not the win at the end of the day? Yeah, look, obviously, regardless of who you're playing, you always go in with the belief that on any given day you can beat any team, or at least I would, and I would hope that my teammates would too. So I know that Ballin colleague would be travelling up, and first and foremost, you're just looking for a performance. You're looking to be able to execute your basic skills, um, and run through some of the plays that you worked on all week and hopefully in the end that results in some scores um, you know and in some cases you might even get a result from that but it's about taking it kind of one play at a time working on a performance never giving up you know playing right through to the 80 and seeing if your discipline can be can be good to not give away cheap penalties which can lead to scores. And another game we have coming up is UL Bowes against Champions Railway Union. Do you think that'll be a tight game? Yeah, um, I do. I think this will be a great game. UL Bowes, as I said, also coming off the back of a defeat, will be looking to you know, get their campaign back on track. But this is a really tough fixture against Railway, who'll be chomping at the bit considering they didn't win or didn't even get to play last weekend. And we know they're a side littered with internationals. They're current champions. They're obviously heavy favourites. Um, to beat Bows, but Bows are a fighting team. You know, Neve Briggs will have them uh, well worked up and led by Chloe Pierce, who had an excellent campaign, I thought, in Japan. And, you know, she's only on the up and she's only getting better. And I think Bows need some of their leaders to really step up and put in big performances if they want to beat this railway side. And um, what do you think we can expect from Railway? Anything new or new players um, ahead of last year? Well, the biggest thing is that they have a couple of new coaching tickets in ex-players, uh, Lindsay Pete and Larissa Muldoon. And I think I heard that Lily's going to still try and play a little bit as well. You know, she just has some engine to be able to keep going and some commitment to go year after year. But as I mentioned previously, Railway had that great pre-season game over in France. It was historic. They seem like they are ready to rock, you know, and they just are hoping, I'd say, to pick up where they left off after last year's final. You know, they put in some cracking performances last year. Um, and if they can play that kind of same brand of rugby, then, you know, they should have no problem in overturning uh, UL Bowes this weekend. And then two teams who also didn't play last week due to the postponement. Cook will be taking on Blackrock and Setonians will play Galwegians. How do you think those games are going to go? So Setonians, I was really, really impressed with last year. They have a number of upcoming players who um you know i thought were excellent players uh, lauren farrell mccabe was really really good for them last year and her sister kay farrell mccabe uh, is off with the sevens at the minute but potentially will come back in in the season but they have a nice little squad in there um, and i'm really excited to see what they can do and um, this year i actually would say that they could easily beat Galwegians this this weekend but it should be a really tight contest considering Galwegians are coming off the back of that heavy heavy win and they'll be full of confidence whereas Suetonians haven't got off the mark yet and could be caught cold in the new season. And um, Blackrock and Cook what do you think we can expect from them? Blackrock obviously always wants to put up a fight. Yeah look as I said Blackrock got off to that start last weekend wasn't perfect for them but they took the win and uh, they'll be looking for pretty much the same if not a little bit of improvement next weekend uh, coming up against Cook who haven't got their season underway we don't really know what we're going to see with this Cook side are we going to have an influx of Malone players or will it be their original squad from last year but as I said they're a hardy team always willing to put in a big fight they're very very physical 
uh, like to put in some big dominant tackles, but their defence is going to be sorely tested this weekend against BlackRock. And I would be looking to say that BlackRock would end up with an easy win here. And then if you had to pick your winners for the tournament, I suppose at this starting stage, looking ahead, who do you think at this point you'll see in the final? Um, you know, I'm trying not to be biased and pick Old Belvedere, seeing as they are my club. Uh, obviously, I would love to see them there, but it is hard to look past uh, Black Rock and Railway uh, for the final. As I said, they were uh, the leading contenders last year. They played great brands of rugby. They had some quality players on show and, you know, they put on a fantastic final. Um, you know, that really attracted a lot of interest last year. So with one round gone, um, obviously, I, I don't want to speak too soon, but... I can't see much having been changed between those two teams. And, and right now, they're the front runners for me. And it's been an interesting year, I suppose, um, for Irish women's rugby. We've had Six Nations controversy surrounding that. We have contracts coming in. Do you think we can expect anything else to happen this season? I just hope that we see uh, really good rugby matches that, you know, get people watching the game, you know, that we earth new talents, whether it's from uh, crossover athletes from other um, sports or whether it's underage players coming through to the senior ranks. But you just want to see open competitive games, good brands of rugby, you know, some skills and highlights on show and, you know, that can feed in then to our interprovincial and our international teams. And with contracts, on the line you know players are, are are not only playing for a jersey but they're playing for a living at this stage and you know there's an opportunity for rugby to be your job for the next couple of months or a year so the better you play the more likely you are to get a contract and i think we'll leave it at that then so thank you for tuning in to the first episode of her sports ail rugby show brought to you in association with energia think of the possibilities a reminder that you can catch up on this episode and every episode on YouTube and our social channels or listen to the podcast on every podcast app. Keep involved in the conversation and we'll see you in the next episode. Her Sports AAL Rugby Show, brought to you by Energia. Think of the possibilities.